1: And gives it to Flurry. But he bounced off the board to Niederreiter. And Niederreiter had a glorious chance. Corpus had no idea where the puck was. And I have no idea how he made that save to keep it at two. Oh, my gosh. Oh, what oh, a shot save. below Calm the in. dots. He's skating two-on-one with Niederreiter. Aho oh, off the post. Oh, he had, he had him beat. He had. Corpusalo beat, but he hits the post, and somehow Niederreiter can't get to the rebound, and Columbus survives that charge. Roslevic skates in, walks around the canes, to the backhand, he scores! What a move by Jack Roslevic, and he puts Columbus up late here in the third.
2: This is the Cane's Corner Podcast with host Adam Gold, part of the Capital Broadcasting Podcast Network. Now here's the host of the Cane's Corner Podcast, Adam Gold.
3: Welcome to the Morning After Podcast. I am Adam Gold. Not a happy recap, although I think a lot of positives that we'll take out of Carolina's 3-2 loss to the Columbus Blue Jackets. We're brought to you tonight by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. As always, if it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. Windows, siding, roofing, gutter helmets, storm doors, entry doors, you name it, if it's for the exterior of your home, you can find it at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina, AluminumCompany.com. Third time Canes had a chance for a road sweep. Third time, Carolina comes out on the short end, a 3-2 loss. No points for Carolina. They didn't, couldn't get it to overtime. This game was 2-2 late into the third, uh, but Columbus got the go-ahead goal from Jack Roslevic, uh, splitting Brett Pesci and Ryan Dezingle, and that was all she wrote. But honestly, Carolina played well. Uh, they played well enough to win, more than well enough to win this game. They were the better hockey club, but they don't ask you how. They ask you how many, and that's what uh, that's what happens. Carolina has played games already this year where they were not the better team uh, and still uh, and fit, figured out a way to win. Uh, maybe the first game against Chicago, Carolina was not happy with their game but figured out a way to win. Uh, and these things, I'm not saying they have a tendency to even out because I'm not sure that they do. Uh, But you're going to have games where you play well enough to win, where you're the better team and you don't, and you're going to have games where you don't play very well and somehow you manage to find yourselves uh, ahead on the scoreboard. Uh, And that is just the vagaries and the weirdness of the sport of hockey. Carolina had the better chances. The uh, The four-chest was evident tonight. It created plenty of chances. Uh, In terms of shot attempts, Carolina 63, Columbus just 41. Uh, there's just a number of things we can get to. You heard in the open. You heard Sebastian Aho with a two-on-one opportunity uh, that rang the pipe. Uh, Nino Niederreiter with a great chance in front. It was a kind of a weird bounce off the end boards, and honestly, Nino should have scored. It's it was a much better scoring chance than his goal. Brock McGinn had an incredible scoring chance, maybe. 20 seconds, 30 seconds after his uh, his diving, swatting goal uh, that made it, uh, I guess it was, uh, what, tied the game at two. Um, but uh, he just peered it off the bar. And, I mean, you can't have a better chance than that. The, the entire Nets open. And McGinn just uh, lifted it too high, hit the crossbar and out. Uh, but those are the opportunities that Carolina had tonight. Uh, they had plenty of really, really good chances, 11 high-danger chances, according to Natural Statric. There was a penalty shot in this game. But before we get to the penalty shot, I will point out that Vincent Trocek was a very, very late scratch. I believe he either took the, the warm-up or it was right before the warm-up where it was determined that he could not go. So Carolina, because of salary cap issues, did not have the full complement of skaters. They had 11 forwards and 6 defensemen. Uh, and keep in mind that what we've spent so much time talking about how good Carolina has been down the middle with Aho and Trocheck and Stahl, and now you're missing Trocheck, and it means that Jordan Martinook has to play more center. It means that Morgan Geeky has to play uh, more minutes. I actually think Geeky was pretty good tonight when he was in the in the lineup when he was on the ice, uh, but he didn't get a whole lot of uh, ice time as Carolina Rod Brindamore shortens his bench in the third period in tight games, uh, and the young guy is going to get the short end of it. All right, so now we have uh, – hopefully Trochik will be back for Thursday's game in Dallas. Steven Lorenz could draw in. Taxi squad travels with the team, so Lorenz could have played. But the Hurricanes have cap issues – Uh, And the only good part about that cap issue is that it likely means that Peter Mrazek is not going to be a long-term sit-out. Because if that's the case, uh, then you can deal with the one game of not necessarily having the full complement, especially because Rod is not shy of shortening his bench, and you don't have a suitable replacement for Vincent Trocek anyway. So it wasn't like you were going to bring somebody up Uh, who was as good as Trocek, who could just step step right in for him. Uh, But uh, as it turned out, Carolina was playing a man down. I don't think that really had an impact in the game other than the guy missing was playing as well as Vincent Trocek has. All right, Uh, there was a penalty shot call. This is going to be an unpopular thing to say. I didn't think it was a terrible call. I really didn't. Uh, Could Dougie Hamilton have, well, let's set the play up. Uh, it starts on uh, right off the of face-off. Carolina has just gotten a power play. Second power play of the game. Uh, first one was not a good power play. They have just gotten a power play right off the face-off. Teravonin, I guess he mishandles the puck. But anyway, he's out of position, loses the puck, and Cam Atkinson's going to take it. So Taravondin hooks him to draw the penalty, You know, to basically give it up. Uh, but... They called a penalty shot. It was just outside the blue line. Well, that seems odd. We've we've never seen that. Uh the th- the, plan- the theory was that Hamilton was did not was not gonna stop him. I don't disagree with that because I think Atkinson had a head of steam. Hamilton was sort of flat footed. I do believe that we would have seen Cam Atkinson come in on um, unfettered, if you will. So they called it a penalty shot. And a pretty simple move for him backhand Uh, goes. uh, Nedeljkovic commits too soon and uh, Atkinson stuffs it in just inside the post. Uh, That was the, I guess, the third goal of the game that made it 3-2. So rather 2-1 Columbus. Again, I didn't think it was that terrible a call. Uh, It's just unusual. You never see it. Let's talk about the final goal. Because uh, Carolina had their own puck luck tonight, and we'll talk about the the two goals that they did get uh, off of weird situations. It was that kind of game. Uh, whereas uh, uh, Sunday, super super Sunday, it was a weird game with helter skelter end to end action and lots of scoring chances. This was not the case. Carolina was the better team tonight. Carolina outplayed Columbus. Patrick Lyon, I did not skate at all in the third period. In fact, like the last 26 minutes, Patrick Lyonnais did not step foot on the ice because John Tortorella is that guy. Anyway, breakdown of the final goal. About four and a half minutes left. Uh, Columbus has the puck in their own, uh, own end. Seth Jones has it just in front of his own goal. Uh, passes it out to uh, inside. just in, I guess it was right around the blue line. Uh, and then a dia- long diagonal pass to Jack Roslovic, who split Ryan Dezingle and Brett Pesci. Uh, Pesci was uh, closer to the wall. Dezingle was m- more toward the middle of the ice. Roslovic splits him and then skates in on Nadelkovic, uh, opens him up and then slips it through the five hole for the ultimate game winner. And we'll talk about Nadelkovich in a second. Uh, to me, two things happen. One, Ryan Dezingle figures, hey, that's Brett Pesci. He'll take care of this. Uh, but Brett Pesci had another player, I think it was uh, David Savard, uh, on the, uh, to- closer to the wall. And I think Pesci just assumed that Dezingle would, uh, would, would ultimately be there. And there was a lot of assuming going on. Uh, and then Pesci was also kind of worried about the guy on the outside. Well, what happened was Dezingle uh, stopped skating for a split second. Pesci wasn't in position to take the body. And Roslovik just split him and opened up to Delkovich and that was that. So that was uh De thinking Brett Pesci was was gonna erase the mistake. Pesci thinking that DeZingle was gonna do what he was supposed to do, and too much assuming, and we know, all know what 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 happens when you assume Jack Roslovic scores the game winning goal. And I thought we've uh, we saw uh an improving Jacob Slavin, although Oliver
1: Bjorkstrand did walk Slavin. Savard has a hit for Martin. Looking Savard will come away with a puck. His pass all the way up for Bjorkstrand. Bjorkstrand walks around Slavin. Nedeljkovic pokes it away. Good work by Alex Nedeljkovic.
3: It was. Mike Menaskalko was right. Good work by Alex Nedeljkovic to foil a chance. Maybe he should have tried that on either Atkinson or Roslovic, who knows? I did like Ned. I thought he made some really good saves, but here's what impressed me the most. after the game, Alex Nadelkovich was having none of the well, their breakaways, not his fault. Nadelkovich said what I believe to be true uh, that he didn't make it hard enough on either Atkinson on the penalty shot or Roslovic uh, on the goal with four and a half left. Uh, and he basically he committed first. When the goaltender commits first, it's a goal. Uh, you want to you you have to wait the guy out, uh, and he just didn't maybe a little bit impatient. Uh, you know you you're kind of jumpy. You're playing essentially the closest thing we've got to a home game for Nedeljkovic, being from Parma, Ohio, which is a suburb of Cleveland, about two hours away. Just didn't work out. Otherwise, I thought Ned played uh, pretty well. So I don't think we have to. Uh, we have to we have to worry too much about Nadalovic not being uh, the moment being too big for Ndilkovich. Uh I thought last year when he came up, I thought he was nervous, uh, but the more he played, the better he was getting. Uh, and the final game he played, which was I guess the third to last game, the the one in Pittsburgh or the second to last game, he was very good in the uh, win in Pittsburgh, gave up just two goals on 30 shots at him. Uh, so hopefully Vincent Trochek will come back on Thursday. Hopefully Martin Natchez won't be out too much longer. And again, as I said, if you're not going to put Peter Mrazek on long-term injury, which will create salary cap room, then maybe, just maybe, Peter's going to be back soon. And if Peter's back soon... Uh, then your goaltending issues are solved. Let's get through the highlights, and then we'll say hi to Alec Campbell, host of Stormwatch Aftermath and Intermissions on the Hurricanes Radio Network. And we will start eighteen twenty-four of the first, late in the first period. Uh, this is the type of game we were going to see tonight.
1: It's intercepted there by Texier. Back the other way. It is the Blue Jackets. Stenland. Fighting off Slavin, out to the point, shot right on by Harrington, it bounces and he score. Nedeljkovic got an arm to it, but the puck bounces over the goal line and Columbus gets the first goal of this contest. It
3: wasn't even a shot on goal, to be honest. Uh, it hit Andrei Svechnikov in the back, he was battling at the top of the crease, uh, hit him in the back and fluttered over Nadelkovich. and Ned almost got it, uh, but it... Uh, It broke the plane. It was a touchdown. So at 18-24, the first, it was 1-0 Columbus. Uh, Nino Niederreiter tied it after some really good board work from Taravainen and Martinuk, although they got no credit. Now a loose puck
1: out in front. Bounce from Niederreiter. Let's score! Nino Niederreiter takes advantage of Jonas Korpisalo over playing the puck in the Canes tied up on Nino's fifth of the year. It
3: was uh, Teravainen and Martinuk uh, with some good board work down the right side. Uh, that knocked the puck loose and sent it out towards the goal where Nino poked at it. Korpisalo poked at it. Ultimately, the puck, I think, bounced off Nino or bounced off Nino's stick, and it kind of tumbled over Corpusalo, hit the post, came back, hit Corpusalo skate, and went in, and it was 1-1. Uh, Kane's on the power play, and that's when Tavo Teravainen had lost control of the puck, and it ends up in the penalty shot goal. We talked about that again. I know people are going to whine about it. I didn't think it was that terrible a call uh, because I don't think Dougie Hamilton was getting to Cam Atkinson And on top of that, the rule says if it's uh, a free and clear, uh, you know, great scoring chance, then you call a penalty shot. And that's, I think, what it was going to be. So I'm not going to get too bent out of shape over it. Two minutes later, Brock McGinn with a Brock McGinn-type finish.
1: Now the puck works its way to the point. Slavin's shot doesn't get through, but the rebound doesn't. They score! McGinn give him 10 points for the dive and one goal the Canes have tied it up
3: I don't even understand how to explain that Brock McGinn has not not only scored in three straight games he's got four goals in his last five games and Brock McGinn has twice as many goals this season as Sebastian Ajo I mean we played 10 games we played 20 percent of the season Ajo's got two goals McGinn has four Nino Niederreiter has five <laughs> I mean, are you kidding me? We might have to talk about Ajo at some point. I don't think he was very good tonight. I thought he was uh, sporadically good. And uh, they just needed more from Sebastian Aho, especially when Vincent Trocek is not in the lineup. Uh, but McGinn had another great scoring chance. I believe it was they, they left the same line out there. And McGinn had a great scoring chance and had the entire goal and ultimately hit the crossbar because that's what Brock McGinn does. And then in the third, late in the third, Roslevic had the game winner, uh, and that was that. So the Canes lose 3-2. We will take a short break. We'll come back with Alec Campbell on the other side. He, of course, is the host of Stormwatch and Aftermath, the Hurricanes Radio Network, and he will join us in just a second. A reminder uh, that the Canes Corner Podcast is here for you. All you got to do is subscribe to it. It shows up wherever you get your podcast, in your phone, on your computer, on your iPad, I don't know, in your car. I don't know know how you get your podcast. I really don't. Uh, But wherever you get them, you can get the Canes Corner Podcast. Give us a rating. Give us some suggestions. Tell us what you like, what you don't like, what you want to hear more of, and we'll get it done. Alec Campbell on the other side. All right, my friend Alec Campbell. On Twitter, at campbell 5 Stormwatch, Aftermath, Intermissions, Hurricanes Radio Network, and, of course, the day job, noon to three. Uh, he and I uh, talk about uh, things. Uh, we, we make fun of sports radio uh, for three hours, basically, every day. I mean... <laughs> I like Carolina's game tonight. They weren't amazing, but they were better than Columbus. Uh, They didn't allow a ton, uh, but there were a couple of breakdowns. They paid for them. They didn't cash in on their own opportunities. They had plenty of golden. I mean, they could have scored five goals, six goals in the game, and it would have been a moot point, Uh, but that's hockey. The puck is flat. It's not round, so it's a weird game, and sometimes you lose, even when you play better.
2: Yeah, I agree. It was sports. That's what happened tonight. They <laughs> came out they came out on the on the wrong end of it, but I thought they were for the most part the better team. I mean, I thought that there was a lot of misfortune. It was a weird game in terms of some of the goals that were scored, but I mean, you look at the first goal, that's a fluky goal. Yeah. The second goal from Columbus is a penalty shot that shouldn't have been called. Uh, The third goal was their best goal, obviously, and I thought it was a highlight real goal. So to me, they earned that. I understand that there was a play that could have been made by uh, Pesci or Dezingle or both of them or whatever. But you know what? On every goal the other team scores, there's a play that could have been made. And so I looked at that more as a highlight real goal by a good player who scored a pretty sweet goal to me. Um, the Hurricanes hit a post uh, in the third period. Yep. Uh, Brock McGinn hit a post. You know, Rider had a great chance in front of the net. I mean, there were countless opportunities to win the game. I thought the Hurricanes, for the most part, stuck to what they're supposed to do. They limited Columbus to 22 shots on goal. That's basically what they're trying to do. You look at the heat maps. There wasn't a whole lot in tight from Columbus in terms of their opportunities. Kane's. Were the better team to me tonight, but they came out on the wrong end of it, and sometimes that's just the way it goes. I
3: right, just uh, to, to kind of uh, you know amplify your point about the chances. Svechnikov uh, steals the puck, uh, skates in all alone. I think he overthought. Uh, yes. play. Uh, I think it's like, what do I do? Do I pass? Do I shoot? Do I toe drag? Do I yeah. cross? Do I play curling? What do I do? And he ends up doing nothing. Uh, Aho <laughs> created the two-on-one by himself with speed out of the uh, really basically right in front of his net. He just exploded, uh, and he hit the post. Uh, maybe you want Nino a little bit wider to create more of an angle uh, that the goaltender, Corpus Allo, needed to think about, but uh, didn't go. Ahu could have scored there. McGinn, af- right after scoring the goal, had a better scoring chance, and Brock McGinn did. Uh, Nino had a better scoring chance than the one he scored on, uh, but just kind of shoveled it right back into Corpusalo. He probably had 60% of the net open uh and just hit the goalie with it. So they had plenty of opportunities uh and they just uh they just didn't go. I want to get to the penalty shot though. So here's I understand we've we never see the uh a penalty shot called in that situation. It's just outside the blue line. But the way I look at it. Dougie wasn't going to stop Atkinson from a scoring chance. And if the rule is that if the penalty negates a clear scoring chance, then it's a penalty shot. As unusual as it as it is, Dougie was flat footed. Atkinson had a head of steam. I think it was to me it was going to be a breakaway. I ha- I didn't have that much of a problem with the call, other than it being unusual to see it called from that far out. Um, yeah. But I really didn't have that much of a problem because I think Atkinson was going to go in and get a scoring chance anyway.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. He was probably going to get some kind of a chance. I'm not really I'm not really willing to rule out that Dougie couldn't have made some kind of play on it. I don't know. So it was just a, it was just a weird place to call it. That was the the weirdest right. thing for me, but you know, I mean, it. it I, I don't think that it precluded the Hurricanes from winning the game. No, agreed. I mean, they, they had other times when they could have won the game, and they didn't get it done. Uh, by the way, has anyone ever scored a curling the cur, the famous curling goal in the uh, in the NHL? <laughs> My money would be on you. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. You're a you're a hey, champion you- curler. You mentioned that uh, you mentioned you mentioned curling earlier. I, know. I know. Uh, Yeah, I don't think that's ever. I think I don't think that's ever been scored in the NHL. Well, you know, think, uh, Svens you know will try I anything. It, I think it was. I think it's only been scored at like uh, like uh, Saint Lawrence College in upstate New York or something. <laughs> Colgate,
3: bring out the brooms, bring out yeah, the. Yeah, well, that's the other yeah. thing. I, the Hurricanes are showing how hard it is to sweep a double header.
2: That's true. That's true. Although they did do it against Dallas. Ah, no on the road. On the road. Canes oh, are 0 true. for
3: 3. They won the first uh the the first game of the doubleheader but have not been able to close the deal uh excuse me on the back end. Uh what did you see on the final play? On the final goal?
2: Well, I mean, I just saw Roslovic stick handle between two defenders and then open the up for a five-hole goal. Yeah. I mean, I I think that yes, Pesci or Desingel should have bodied up Roslovich at some point, or you know the, there was a play to be made there. But I mean, I think he just made a heck of a play. Um, I mean it was it was some incredible stick work by him, and then the way he finished. Yeah. I mean, he went in, dragged it across the front of the net, opened net up, slid it slid it between the pads. So I mean that my takeaway was just, you know, of, of course there was a breakdown. Cause as soon as I, I tweeted out highlight real goal, a bunch of people are tweeting at me like highlight real, you know, the single not bodying up or something like that. And I'm like, okay, like, you know, you're right. Like something should have been done there, right. <laughs> but you know, not everything is about what the hurricanes didn't do. You know? Sometimes it's about what the other guy does, and to me, the part of it that stood out was the play, the finish. I mean, it was yeah. the fi- I mean, just the stick handling through traffic, splitting the defenders, and then finishing the way he did. I mean, he finished with a cherry on top. I mean, it wasn't like he just threw the puck on that, right? Um, so, it, to me, it was a sweet play. Oh, I mean, it was the best goal. It was the best goal of the game.
3: Yeah, it was the only real goal of the game. Everything else was well, kind of weird,
2: right? Yeah, for the most part. I mean, I would say that the, you know, the McGinn goal was a fairly, I mean, yeah, he had to dive and get it, but it's a rebound out front. Sure. No, good good hockey goal. Yeah, it's a good hockey goal. Good hockey. You know? I mean, and those are the ones McGinn scores. The ones that are really, really difficult. (laughs) Not the easy ones. He can't. Not the easy ones.
3: He's much better from from 40 feet than he is from two feet uh, if we're talking about putting. Um, Look, I, I agree that um, Roslevic made a dynamite play for the goal. Um, but as Tripp pointed out on TV, uh, and I rather than blame anybody, I simply think it's miscommunication. I think it's yes. Pesci thinking that Dezingle has him and Dezingle mm-hmm. thinking that Pesci's got him. Uh, and nobody had him. Because uh, right. both guys allowed Roslevic. I mean, I mean you're both there. Somebody's got to put a body on him. Uh, and cause Dougie nullified a, uh, uh, a three on two by playing the body. So the puck okay. goes in and Dougie says, uh, uh-uh, you stay here. Uh, and Carolina was able to go back and collect the puck. Uh, actually they ended up giving it away again, but, uh, they, at least they nullified the three on two, uh, cause Dougie played the body. If, uh, either Pesci or, uh, Dezingle plays the body there, uh, then that play doesn't happen, but. So, I mean, just miscommunication, and then Rozovic uh, made a great play. So, it's unfortunate because, Kerry, again, I think we agree.
2: It it was. It's also unfortunate because that latter half of the third period, I thought the Hurricanes were kind of pouring it on a little bit, and they couldn't score. So, I mean, it came after, you know, Ajo hits the post. Yep. Uh, They had a couple of good offensive possessions where they really had Columbus hemmed in their own end. Um, I I think they four-checked again fairly well. That's that's trending in the right direction. So, uh, you know, it kind of just popped the bubble. It sort of burst the momentum um, at the end of the game whenever he scored. So, I don't know. It was just, yeah, unfortunate. Definitely some kind of miscommunication, of course. But also great. I mean, the thing is, Adam, is that if that play were the Hurricanes making that play, then we would be, you know, we would be going berserk over how sweet that was, and you know, yelling at the NHL Network and Sports Center for not making it a top ten play. <laughs> you know, we, we'd be, we'd have all our panties in a wad over that kind of dumb stuff. But it's the other side, and it's Pesci and Dezingle not, you know, making a play on the puck, which isn't untrue. It's just that. I don't think that it prevails over the play that Roslevic made.
3: I don't disagree with that at all. I think both both things can be true. Great play that uh, Carolina could have done more, but that's uh, that's sports, and that's okay. It's
2: usually, it's usually the truth. Right, absolutely. I mean, every single goal that gets scored against Carolina, we can go find the breakdown.
3: Well Carolina only gives up goals by mistakes. Don't you know that?
2: Right, right, and that's my point. It's always the Carolina mistake. <laughs> it's never the other team. You know. Like and roslovic has been on a tear. He's, he's a good He's player. Now got, he's, now, he's now got points in 5 straight. And he I think he's I think he has like 5 points or 6 points since coming over in the trade.
3: Don't you think? So, Not look this is just my, my own just watching the game and not, not trying not to concentrate on what Columbus is doing so much. Uh, Roslovic is noticeable all the time. Yeah, at agreed. least he has been. He has been noticeable all the time. Uh, certainly much more noticeable than Patrick Lyonnais was tonight.
2: Oh, well, yeah. I mean, Patrick Lyonnais wasn't noticeable because he didn't even get in the game the last like 25 minutes of the game. Bench! Uh, I love Tornarella. You know, <laughs> yeah, so do I. I love him too. Like, <laughs> That I mean, that's what you should do. Torts, you know. Uh, <laughs> Felino wasn't wasn't noticeable like he was uh, last night. So okay. Roslovic definitely was though. It
3: looked like Felino Fol- absorbed a uh, absorbed a shot in the like in the leg early in the game. I wonder if that had something to do with it. Um, anyway, speaking of a guy not in the game, and then we'll get to uh, Alex Nedelkovic uh, as we're talking to Alec Campbell here. Hold on, hold on.
2: Can I just can I say one more thing real sure. quick about Tortorella? You, you want? Here's the thing: you gotta have people believe. Like to me, that's the coach making himself credible, right? Oh, with Lion-A? And yeah, with Lioney. Sure. I mean, with doing that kind of stuff against those that caliber of player. You know, like the, the rest of the team has to believe that, that Tortorella is actually going to do something when he says he's going to, and I mean, we all know at this point that Tortorella will do it, but so often those things are threatened and no one follows through on them. And so that's where you lose your team when you're, when, when you're not credible with them. Right. You know, and so if you're going to preach something, then there are certain things, obviously, that like big time stars get away with, but not as it pertains to the way you play the game. You know, but it's also the type
3: of player that Lion, a, uh, you know, historically has been, which is somebody who has not been defensively responsible. And I mean, even Sebastian Ajo, in a way, made a joke about it. Uh, during last season when, when he uh, he kind of went out of his way to say, hey, look, uh, Patrick Lyonnais just back-checked. Uh, so, you know, that kind of a joke, there's some truth in it. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, there's a reason why, you know, things were kind of going sour in Winnipeg, why they didn't want to pay somebody uh, who had that kind of offensive talent because he was not paying, uh, playing a two-way game, even if it was improving. Uh, so Tortorella just is reinforcing the notion that uh, that isn't going to fly here. Uh, that right. If you want to get on the ice, you got to play both ends, uh, and if you do that, you'll, you'll get all the ice time because they.
2: I'm just he's uh, the
3: only guy on their team that has that kind of offensive talent.
2: I'm just saying, like that stuff resonates with oh, yeah. everyone else. I mean, it, and it's especially that, their me, team. That goes, yeah, their team. I mean, and you know that's why they're always such a tough team to play against. Yep. Um, but that's just, that's normal to me. Like that applies in every workplace, to be honest with you. Like everybody's paying attention to that. Everyone notices when someone gets away with something that they didn't get away with. And that ultimately shreds your culture, you know? So I got no problem with him doing that at all. I wish more, I wish more coaches would do it in, in all sports.
3: No question about that. All right. Uh, two quick things. Vincent Trocek doesn't play. I don't think Carolina was uh, hampered by only having 11 forwards, other than I didn't know what the lines were uh, <laughs> a- after the first eight minutes of the game. Uh, but they were certainly impacted by not having Vincent Trocek uh, in the lineup because it showed you, uh, although Jordan Martinuk won a fair amount of faceoffs, yeah, uh, the way Trocek was playing, the way he has been playing all year long, they're just just—they're not the same team when somebody playing that well is not on the ice. So that's what they missed. They didn't miss the extra forward, the 12th forward. They missed Vincent Trocek, which is unfortunate. Hopefully, he comes back to Dallas because it's going to be tough to beat Dallas Stars if you don't have 16 in the lineup.
2: Yeah, 100% agree with that. I pointed out in the Watch today how good the Canes have been down the middle. That's been a huge part of their success, I feel like. Um, I mean, Trocheck. What's he got? Six goals on the year. He's got you know, six. Stahl's got two. Yeah. I mean, he he's second on the team in hits. He's facing off around like 57%, which is a couple of ticks below Jordan Stahl, who uh, also leads the team in hits. Um, you know, those guys play physical, defensive games, but they're also producing offensively as well. And, I wasn't really that worried when I, before I really understood what was going on. Like I kind of just figured Rob was like, eh, that's okay. We'll just roll 11 and six tonight because normally I shorten the bench anyways. Right. And I'd rather just get the the good players out there at the end. I mean, really a lot of times what those other dudes do is just buy you some time. So those guys don't get worn out in the first two periods, yes. but for, for one night, you know, it's like, Oh, whatever, we're good. This is basically what we do anyways. The bigger issue for me is just, cause I asked trip about this, like what kind of added stress there is for the coach in terms of just juggling the lines and stuff like that. And, you know, I think it's more about making sure you've got the right guys on the ice, you know, people are changing cleanly and all that kind of stuff. But You know, outside of losing a guy who has been a huge piece for you, I'm not sure I was, like, that worried about them only rolling with 17 skaters.
3: It ain't the numbers. It's the number 16 that wasn't there. And uh, on top of that, you're you're without Martin Natchez, who, uh, like, until the injury— had really been playing very well in all three zones. We were starting to see a complete Natchez game, uh, and hopefully it won't be without either very long. Hopefully Trocek will play on Thursday. The Canes will come home. They're probably on their way home now. Uh, They're going to practice, I don't believe, tomorrow. I think they're off tomorrow. They'll practice Wednesday uh, at Wake Competition Center and then fly to Dallas. They play Thursday and Saturday. Uh, against the Stars in Dallas. I hope it's the same outcome that we had uh, that we had here, uh, but ultimately, in order for that to be the case, they're going to need at least one of Trocek or Natchez back pretty soon. Uh, in terms of the salary cap issues, I mentioned this at the front of the podcast, and I think I said it to you uh, in one of the intermissions. If they didn't put Mrazek on long-term injury, because that re- ultimately creates the salary cap crunch, that must mean they believe he's coming back. Uh, sooner rather than later. The 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 bar to get over for long-term injury relief is only 24 days and 10 games. So what was it? It was the f- first game against Dallas, right? Yeah. It was the first yeah, Dallas so. game. So yeah. that was last Saturday. So today is Monday. So that's what? Uh, nine, 10 days. So we're almost already halfway to that. So there's no way you know if if Morazic is out a month, then he should have been placed on long term injury immediately. Uh, but maybe they think he's only gonna be out a couple of weeks, which would be remarkable considering he had surgery on his thumb. Uh so I don't know. I don't know what the uh, deal is. Uh because at some point, if Trochak doesn't play against Dallas, now you're down another center. And uh, you don't want to have to use Hook playing second line minutes uh, or uh, third line minutes as a center. I mean, that's just you're 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 just making your team weaker. Although they don't have a replacement really for uh, <laughs> uh, for Vincent Trocheck anyway, unless they wanted to call up Seth Jarvis, who's apparently on a on one. Although if you get, if you get called up from the AHL, I think you have to quarantine. Uh, all you right, do. let's uh, let's move on to uh, Alex Nedeljkovic. Uh, what did you think of number 39
2: tonight? Oh, I thought, I thought it was mostly solid again. I mean, I think, you know, there was the fluky goal at the beginning. Definitely not his fault. Unfortunate circumstance to have to deal with a penalty shot, I guess. Uh, I'm not gonna, I don't, I don't know that he was outstanding necessarily. I thought he made a couple of good saves, but I didn't think he was, a problem either. I mean, I thought I thought he acquitted himself pretty well.
3: There were no honest. bad goals. Yeah,
2: no bad goals. Yeah, uh, I wasn't uh, I wasn't too I wasn't too upset about him.
3: My favorite thing about Ned uh, after the game was he made it too easy on uh, Atkinson and Roslovic, Where essentially mm. he committed, maybe a little impatient, a little jumpy, a little anxious on those two plays, uh, and he committed. And he said, "I didn't make it tough enough on him." I'm paraphrasing what he said because I don't have the quote in front of me. But that's basically the gist of it. Uh, and I think that's the right thing for him to say. It's, it's never your fault. It's not the goaltender's fault when you give up a breakaway. I mean, these guys are going to score, you know, on average, like one out of every three breakaways depending on who it is. Um, right. So, I mean, no no shame in giving up uh, a goal on a breakaway. Uh, but as Ned said, you, you know, I would have liked to add one of those, maybe both of them. Uh, right. th- if he gets one, we might be, we might be talking about a different outcome. Uh, but I did like him tonight. I don't think the problem is, you know, you and I have talked about this. I don't think the problem is goaltending for this team. I think the goaltending is fine. Uh, if they play the way they uh, are supposed to play. And I think for the most part tonight, they did, uh, they'll be okay.
2: Yeah. One, 100% agree. I mean, the, the, the bigger thing for me was just that they, you know, they didn't give up a ton of, a ton of great opportunities tonight. A lot of the stuff they gave up, you know, was from the outside. I mean, you're going to give up a few here and there, right? But um, yeah, I'm, I'm more interested in what I see from everyone else as opposed to the goaltenders necessarily. But I, I thought the goaltending earlier this year was maybe their best, the best thing they had going on. Um, I've switched that recently to just the, the guys down the middle, Aho and Trocek and stall, but yeah. who knows? Maybe it'll go back to goaltending at some point. They'll uh-huh. probably will. They'll probably need it.
3: According to Natural Trick, the Blue Jackets had nine scoring chances the entire game.
2: Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> In all situations? In all situations. Yeah. Nine. Yeah. Total. Hurricanes yeah. had yeah.
3: 22. Uh, yeah. ex- expected, expected goals for uh, the Hurricanes. Two expected goals against less than one.
2: Yeah, I saw that. Also, the the heat chart uh, I looked at, and it it wasn't very favorable for Columbus.
3: No, not very. It, Carolina was all around the goal. Columbus is like, all game
2: around the place. game game flow and heat chart <laughs> dramatically yes. in favor of the Hurricanes. The puck is flat. All right, Alec Campbell. But you know what? The puck went in the Hurricanes' net one more time than it went in the Columbus' net.
3: They don't have. Do they have a stat for that?
2: I don't see that on there. It's not on there. Not in the full report.
3: Not on the full report. They should just put yeah. goals.
2: Goals right. three,
3: Columbus <laughs> uh, two, Carolina. Uh, all right. All right. Uh, we'll, uh, we'll do this again on Thursday, sir.
2: All right. Sounds good.
3: All right. That wraps it up. A little bit of a helter-skelter uh, morning after podcast reminder. We're brought to you by the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. If it's for the exterior of your home, if it goes on your roof, like uh, roofing, like gutter helmets, if it goes uh, on the outside of your home. Like windows, although technically those are also inside. Uh, storm doors, entry doors, whatever you like. It's at the Aluminum Company of North Carolina. AluminumCompany.com, Hamlin Road in Durham. Go check them out. Sammy Hatton and Company do a phenomenal, phenomenal job. Uh, Thanks to Alec Campbell for stopping by. We'll talk to you Thursday after the Canes take on the Dallas Stars. The Canes Corner Podcast is here for you. All you got to do is subscribe to it. Give us a rating. uh, Tell us what you like. Tell us what you want to hear. We'll do our best to get it to you. uh, Until Thursday after the Canes and the Stars, I'm Adam. We'll see you later.
2: You've been listening to the Canes Corner Podcast with Adam Gold. Don't forget there are many ways you can listen to this podcast, including streaming at WRALsportsfan.com, the WRAL Sports app. And you can also subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Pocket Casts, and TuneIn. Thanks again for listening to the Canes Corner Podcast.
0: Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer.